Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com editor in chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com, episode 28 here with Alex Dunlap. As always, Byron Lambert. Uh, appreciate you guys listening and appreciate even more all of the five star reviews that are coming in on iTunes. But we need more. If you like this podcast, you want us to continue doing it, especially as we come into the busy season, the fantasy season, where we're going to help you win fantasy titles. Please give this podcast a five-star review in iTunes. Give it a thumbs up in Stitcher. Uh, any place where you listen to it, please give it your stamp of approval. Also, go to rosterwatch.com. Get a pro membership. It costs less than a cheap cup of coffee. It is the best way to support the podcast and to support everything that we are doing here at Rosterwatch. We have a big episode, 28 of the podcast to get to today. Byron, how do we even get it started? Well, as ADPs have taken shape and uh, begun to take focus here over the course of the last month since the NFL draft, uh, we've ha- we've made some important changes and modifications to the Dynasty Rookie Draft Cheat Sheet at RosterWatch.com. Uh, we'll be posting an update, uh, version 1.3, uh, to the site uh, later today after this podcast. You'll want to make sure and go check that out. Of course, there was some interesting takeaways I had. Uh, as I was um, curating the new uh, update for the sheet, and I will want to cover that along with the, a little bit of news and notes. But I thought we'd make it a tr- bit of a trash man episode today because surprisingly, he's posted some good content at rosterwatch.com lately. Except for when he called C- Corey Davis Mike Davis. Should have been my, should have been me as editor that that saw it and and didn't. Uh, allow that to slip through the cracks, but sir, somebody in Roster Watch Nation, right after it posted, they, say, they said, Trash Man, this is garbage. His name is not Mike Davis. His name is Corey Davis. Well, you know why that doesn't <laughs> surprise me? Did Trash Man like Mike Davis? The running back? Yeah, First, uh, Magic Mike Davis, the 49er and the wide receiver. CR. There's oh. also the wide receiver from Texas. Oh, I, I, I don't know. Or as Mike Loiko called him, Tragic Mike. After a horrible week at the Senior Bowl. His NFL career has been pretty tragic. CFL career now. Him and Vince. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get but to the trash man. Why do you say it's Mike Davis? Why did he say that? Yeah. Well, this is my insight on that, is that uh, the trash man recently told me, it was actually after a workout class. And by the way, he does these classes shirtless. But he came out after the class, right. and I, I ran into him, and he said, hey, man, he said, you know, and he says it just like this. Hey, man, you know, I, I really, you know, would like to maybe start getting on the podcast since I'm moving back into the neighborhood. And I said, well, hey, Alex and I are moving the hell out of the neighborhood. <laughs> and he said, well, I, I think if I started doing the podcast, it would help me keep up to date with, all, with things that are going on, like help me keep up to date with fantasy and the NFL and everything. 
Dude, you tell him to my head about exploded. I did a double take, a triple Why take. Why doesn't your job keep you up to date with it? You did, you fucking trash man? I said, wait a second. I said, trash man, I don't do the podcast to keep up to date on things. You do I the said, podcast I- because you are up to date and you're trying to educate Roster Watch Nation. Oh, and then he went into... Unbelievable garbage. That, you don't even have to allow that guy... You don't even have to, have to allow that guy in the studio when I'm on tilt at him. Then he went into some nebulous idea, as usual, about a one-time money money grab. I got a fashion magazine that wants to give us money. A one-time money grab on Kickstarter from Roster Watch Nation. For uh, for what? To fund his salary. (laughs) His off-season salary. (laughs) I told him, trash man... This is garbage. Uh, it's not. Yeah, if, if we're going to be hitting up Roster Watch Nation for one thing, it is pro memberships that are going to provide actual value. Well, speaking of the Dynasty Rookie Draft, Chichi, before we get to the Trash Man's content, his zero to hero, his fantasy losers, etc. Breaking news right now. This could actually something something we will need to pay attention to as we. Um, release this update today is that it's being reported that chargers wide receiver mike williams the first round pick has suffered a mild disc herniation in his lower back and he will be out of the rest of the offseason program uh it remains to be seen if he's going to end up in uh healthy for training camp to start a training camp or not I'd say the good news uh, for Roster Watch Nation, as uh, we've kind of measured the most recent release of the Dynasty Rookie Draft Cheat Sheet, is that uh, at this moment, Roster Watch Nation is not going to be overly exposed to Corey Davis and Mike Williams. Uh, we'll get them at value. Uh, more or less, it's John Ross who we're finding much better value on uh, at the top half, the top eight, nine to ten picks of that first round. And then, of course, that also brings into focus Zay Jones, who has been moved. Um, that that gap has been closed between Mike Williams, John Ross, and Zay Jones. However, much like we've had to dodge bullets for Paul Perkins and Amir Abdullah this offseason, there is a bullet to dodge right now for Zay Jones, and that is in the form of Jeremy Macklin, who is uh, being courted by the Buffalo Bills. This is something else. We don't, we're don't. we not going to make any rash moves at the moment on Mike Williams or Zay Jones until we get a little bit more information here. Uh, but two players uh, right now to, to keep an eye on, and certainly if Macklin ends up a bill on anything more than a one-year contract, that's going to necessarily change our outlook not on Zay Di- Jones. Not for Dynasty. For well, redraft, I'll feel different. I thought Zay Jones was going to come in and be redraft relevant. And I think even with a Macklin, he could be. Well, and that's why I that's, say... Well, I was like, like I told you, whenever, we, whenever you told me, I guess, texted me yesterday about the possibility of Macklin and Buffalo, I mean, my first thought was, that is a, that's one of the top... That's one of the top... Um, they go from being a being a team, you know, they're not going to have any depth at the wide receiver position. But as far as the top three options at the wide receiver position, it, they're going to be up there with uh, among the best tandems in the whole league as far as three wide receivers: Sammy Watkins, Jeremy Macklin, Zay Jones, and I think either Macklin or Zay could play the slot. I think that it could open up a lot of things for a guy like Zay Jones, who's an elite route runner. You know, lead hands catcher, a guy who can get it done in so many different ways. I don't necessarily think the idea of having a Macklin there is going to hurt him that much, even in the even in the immediate future, except for except for pure target volume 
And pure target volume is going to be an issue in that offense anyway. At least it was. Now it might not be as it might not be as run happy now with with Anthony Lynn moving on. I but mean, initially part of the appeal of Zay Jones was the potential for volume of, of targets. In well, my, and also in the fact opinion. that he's sick. Yeah, absolutely. But this is what I'm saying is that we don't want to overreact right here. We're not going to make any rash uh, changes as far as uh, where we guys have these guys slotted at the moment. Because as Alex mentioned, you know, um, a preseason, mild preseason injury for Mike Williams, a potential hey, Jeremy Macklin a... ad in Buffalo. Those don't. Those aren't things that necessarily change your dynasty outlook uh uh, immensely, and again, this is the Dynasty Rookie Draft cheat sheet, so we'll monitor, monitor that uh, over the coming days, and of course, as we head um, into redraft, that'll be something that we keep an eye on as well. I've never heard of a mild herniation of any disc, man. Take, take it from a guy who has, who has L5-S1. I mean, those things in my back are absolutely goddamn disintegrated, you know, and... It's going to take a lot. He's going to have to get in there, and he's going to have to do all the electronic stimulation, and he's going to have to. It might be one of these things where it, 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 they know yet whether or not he's going to get a micro discectomy. No, there's this, this is just now trickling in. Well, they're going to need to figure that out, whether it could be handled by rehab, whether he needs to get a micro discectomy, uh, what exactly it is. It seems like if he's going to be out, you know, if they're saying he's going to – what does the report say? He's going to be out for all of training camp? No, no, no. They're they're not sure. He's going to miss the rest of OTAs and oh. of, of these activities and then kind of juries out on whether he'll be prepared for training camp or not. Yikes. I, you can't love that. No, that's why we're going to have op- options on the cheat sheet for guys like Samaj P. Ryan – John Ross, even the Cream Hunts of the world. Uh, if you're if you're goosey about those players, definitely come check it out to see exactly how it's mapped out on version 1.3 of the Dynasty Rookie Draft cheat sheet at rosterwatch.com. Uh, you know, one of our other favorite uh, young wide receivers who may have to dodge the Jeremy Macklin bullet as well could be Brashad Perriman, as it's rumored. God that damn the it! The Ravens are also interested in Macklin. As Chris are, Moore too. That's a bullet. That's a double bullet to dodge. As are the I want Eagles. Brashad Perriman and Chris Moore to be in the same situation they're in right this second. That's what I've been planning on. It's what I've been banking on. I mean, couldn't you make the argument if you're going to make the argument that Jeremy Macklin doesn't affect Zay Jones? Could you make that argument with Brashad Perriman? Well, two different players. Two different players. And do, do you think that a Mike Wallace makes a guy of Jeremy Macklin's skill set maybe a little bit redundant? No, I think Macklin can be a slot player. Uh, you know, well, let's just talk about the move in Kansas City for a second, because because what they, I I think what it means, and it's it's reflected on the newest MFL ten cheat sheet, will certainly be reflected on the redraft cheat sheet. We're gonna have to see exactly over the course of the next week what happens to Tyreek Hill's ADP. But in my opinion, it's been too low to begin with. You know, as far as his ADP, I believe his ADP was fifth. Let's see, month of May on my fantasy league and MFL ten drafts, his ADP is is at fifty five. So we're looking at a what is that kind of mid late fourth pick four or no pick five oh seven something like that pick five oh seven. That's just too late. Uh, for a guy, that, especially a guy that Andy Reid told us during the combine that they are going to for, tr- try and force feed the ball to. I mean, in the absence of, a, there's no Jamal Charles now. There's no, you know, now there's no Jeremy Macklin. You know, we well, can't you can't throw it to Travis Kelsey every single time. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, we've been the thought leaders on this. We've been way out ahead of curve on Tyreek Hill at the combine. We asked Andy Reid, could a player of Tyreek Hill's stature really handle any more than what he handled as a rookie? And I mean, he was Andy Reid was very candid and very transparent in the fact that he thought Tyreek Hill could handle a lot, uh, a, a lot more in the offense this year, quite a few more touches. Clearly, that's they have that in mind by being able to release uh, Macklin. Uh, I mean, his his ADP is going to skyrocket to the point where you're not going to be getting him at value anymore. There's many members of Roster Watch Nation who may have made moves for him in their dynasty leagues after the combine with that information and gotten a little bit of value on him. Uh, but certainly a player we're going to like. I'll tell you, though, everybody's talking about the Chris Conleys of the world. People even talking about the rookies like Jehu Chesson getting a little more action in the offense. And look, we're never that excited. We really do only want Kelsey and Tyreek Hill here. But one of our longtime boys at Roster Watch Nation that not a single person is talking about right now. You know who I'm you know where I'm going with this one? I'm sure it's Albert Wilson. Has to be. Yeah. I just it's 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 a low volume attack. It's a squirt gun arm on Alex Smith. I mean, he's got a he's got the you know, just a PP slinger. Little, yeah, I don't think there's little, much to... Little pee-pee dribbler of an arm. Not much to count on here or much appeal, I don't think. But, you know, again, when everybody's telling you about then these again, other players... Then again, Albert Wilson doesn't project as a, as a high-average depth-of-target guy. I think he can replace uh, some of the production of a Macklin as a little bit of a slot type of guy. We love Albert Wilson. Might be a guy that hits the trash man's radar. One of the, well, he's, he, hey, he's been on my radar, and uh, I think that... Was it... Albert Wilson, was it from our on-field testing scores from the 2014 draft where he was off the charts? Yeah, and I called Mike Loiko about him, and I asked him if he ever heard about this guy, and he said, oh, man, he's been on my dynasty college team for the last <laughs> couple of years, and he, he, he annihilates it. Yeah. And so we've always had our eye on Albert Wilson. Anyways, uh, just a little interesting takeaway there. Let's Any see. interest in Chris Conley? Not me personally. Me either. That's just not he needs my to guy. Be, he needs to be on the MFL 10 cheat sheet, though. Sure, sure, sure. It's, he, I think that mean, means that he's going to be added in. Do you like Chris Conley more than – you? Uh, I know you don't like him more than Kenny Galladay. No. Who's moved up do the, you like this him version more, of the Dynasty Rookie Do you like him more than Marcus Wheaton in Chicago? Yeah, I hate Marcus <laughs> Wheaton. I'd rather roll the dice on some upside with Conley there. Okay. Let me ask you this. How how did we know so far in advance about about how Kenny Galladay was going to start picking up hype? I feel like it's, he hasn't really. I feel like he hasn't really picked up the hype that he will eventually. You well, know? let me tell you, because but it start it start there started to be a little bit of hype about Kenny Galladay out there, the wide the rookie wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, a lot of smoke now from that fire. This is just something where. All the circumstantial evidence immediately after the draft pointed to a potentially huge role for Galladay, the player that we know was pretty good. And of course, as usual, it's just taking a everybody on field, taking guy. everybody a little bit longer to actually see it materialize before they could start putting the pieces of the puzzle together, you know, and and, and start making these claims about him. What I will tell you is, we had a member of Roster Watch Nation tweet us yesterday with the results of his recent Dynasty rookie draft, and he still stole guys like. Galladay, Switzer, 
etc. late in his draft. And while I was curating this most recent version of the Dynasty Rookie Draft Cheat Sheet, I did notice a few things like that. Galladay still relatively low. Uh, I want to say he was going uh, around pick 36 or so. Late third round, that's great value on a player like that in a, in a draft where we've already said we believe it's pretty weak after round two yeah. for rookies. So to be able to right. get him a full round late, a guy who we'd probably like better than some of those second rounders your league mates are um, taking. Ryan Switzer with an insanely low ADP forced me to move him down the, dimes, the, the, the cheat yeah. sheet. His ADP is like 65. He's going into he's, fifth. He's, he's not even being taken. No, in he's almost drafts. undrafted in, in, in dynasty rookie drafts. Well, this is larceny of action. the highest order. Gear so up. That, that's why we've reshuffled the deck here to make sure that we're getting the maximum value versus ADP as those have taken shape over the course of this last month uh, with the way that these players are mapped out and blueprinted on this version of the cheat sheet. A, a couple more takeaways from, from, from that work I was doing yesterday. Curtis Samuel, ADP, insanely high, it's in my high. opinion. It's too high. We're all in on Christian McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. That's where we want to be all in. I'm not all in on Curtis Samuel. I just don't see how Cam Newton can orchestrate any kind of offense that's going to result in any type of reliable production from a player like Curtis Samuel, especially when you got a McCaffrey already on the field that's going to be getting a bunch of action. Well, they're they're kind of the same player, right? I think you're going to turn it on a few weeks of the season, and Curtis Samuel's going to be streaking down the field on some monster play, but it's going to be really, really difficult to count on his ADP too high for our taste. I just don't right think now. I don't think I just think he needs a lot of work as a route runner. I think he's very raw. I think he lacks polish. He wastes too much motion. I, like in his in his cuts. He like he was a running back. Yeah, I just I don't I don't understand. I can't see him being used as anything more than a novelty item this year. And the fact is that Christian McCaffrey is going to be like a mega novelty. And so what do you, I mean, where does Curtis Samuel even really fit in. I think best case scenario, you're looking at a guy that's going to be a complete boom-bust option, as you were just kind of saying, you know, maybe similar to how Ted Ginn was used, but I, don't th I think he's going to be a Ted Ginn Jr., at least to start. I, I, couldn't, oh, I, I guess Ted Ginn is Ted, Ted Ginn Jr. <laughs> he's going to be a Ted, I, I don't know, what, a Ted Ginn the third to, to start? I couldn't like, agree with your evaluation of Samuel as a pass catcher more i mean that's that was exactly my re my report on him as well and so graded you know, out as number it, 42 out of 55 from the on-field performance like last scores. night when i had to move him over ryan switzer just because of adps it just pained me so much because that's the exact thought i was thinking is are you kidding me curtis samuel can't even run a route ryan switzer it, he, he can chop this thing up out here he's like a real wide receiver um nonetheless that was an an interesting takeaway um, from ADPs there. A couple more notes I had before. Mike we... Williams, man, with the mild disc herniation. You know, it, it isn't like he was ever a big separation guy or anything like that any, anyway. So, I mean, he's going he's gonna to have to win some physical battles and probably deal with some bumps and bruises and some dings and dents and stuff as an NFL player. But that has me a little bit more worried <laughs> than, it may, than it seems like it might have you. You're not worried at all about his availability to start to – it seems like these guys that come off the disc herniations – Let's I mean, wait for some more it's information. It's only just anecdotal, just collective evidence in my mind, but it doesn't ever seem like those turn out great. Well, what I'm saying is, is that you have to have dynasty context to this. 
doesn't ruin his dynasty future. No, no, it doesn't. And we're all like I said, we're already not getting a ton of exposure to him anyways. So if we can get Mike Williams at value, this is something we'll be monitor. Let's wait for a little bit more information. Certainly something to keep an eye on. The good news is the Dynasty Rookie Draft cheat sheet, as all, all of our other cheat sheets uh, do, provide our users options. You have other options of commensurate value. You, you will be um, informed that you can select at that juncture if you're goosey on Mike Williams. So, of course, we never leave you um, high and dry. Uh, we spoke on the last podcast about Davion Smith potentially being the sleeper handcuff to have on your watch list. Don't tell me that's coming home for to roost in any kind of way, is uh, it? Owners, uh, no, not coming home to roost yet, but where I'm headed with that is Davion Smith currently being undrafted in Dynasty rookie drafts. A very, very worthy pick in the late rounds there that could pay spades, especially this is strategic. If you were a Jay Ajay owner, you got to have you him. You need almost. to, in Dynasty, you need to handcuff with at Davion least Dam- Smith. At least Damian Williams or Davion Smith. And, and you can get this guy in the last round of your Dynasty rookie draft right now. It would be a really, really um, intelligent move. And then the other guy, not on anybody's radar, being drafted very, very late or, or undrafted, who actually may even have a better situation than Davion Smith. A player that we would have had an internal argument about with the trash man, with Alex and myself at the Senior Bowl. Which of these two runners do we like more? Matt dies out of, what was it, NC State at the Senior Bowl? Mm-hmm. He is third on the depth chart in Cleveland. It's Crow- he, He's the handcuff. By all, by all appearances, he's the handcuffed Isaiah Crowell. Yeah, and With, I with a shorter that. distance to the top of the depth chart than even Davion Smith has. So this is going to be also a player that we need It'll to keep an eye on. It'll take a Crowell injury because then they'll try and run Duke Johnson with for 18 touches and he'll they'll realize that that is not sustainable and they'll have to get a guy like, dude, Matthew Dyes is a big bruiser. And you remember him to actually in the Senior Bowl game, you know, to start out that game, he we were like, damn, did we pick the wrong dude to, to be our all-Senior Bowl runner? I don't think that we did looking back, but to start that game... Well, he was in the conversation for sure for that last pick. It was a hard conversation a, to have. It was the, one of the best, one of the deepest crops of really good running backs. We've it was ever the deepest seen crops of really all offensive positions: tight end, wide receiver, running back. Definitely. Uh, let's see here. Something we were hoping to get a little out on front of, out of front of uh, before it started roosting here is a, a maniacal uh, plot and plan I've had in my mind recently, having attended Broncos training camp last year was with all this stupid smoke screens coming out about Trevor Simeon still being the front runner for, for the job in Denver. Boy, I think this is a really interesting time to consider trading for Paxton Lynch in Dynasty if you need quarterback or quarterback depth. Uh, look, I said it, just, even seeing him last year out there, it's going to be very, very hard to keep that guy on the bench because he's so tantalizing just as a physical specimen out there. And I think it's the same thing. Even if Simeon gets the start, it's, it's going to be very, very difficult to keep Paxton Lynch on the bench. Of course, reports now coming out just in the last day or so uh, that he had his best day of practice as a pro uh, to date on Monday. People were fairly blown away with it, apparently, uh, the, the, the locals on the beat there. And uh, sounds like it's a bit of a more of an open competition. 
But I'd say if I have league mates that aren't on top of that, and I would still expect Simeon over the next six weeks to be touted as the starter, probably to start training camp as the starter, I think Paxton Lynch, that's a loaded arsenal at wide receiver there. Uh, if you can get any good quarterback play in the next couple years out of him, and the guy is mobile, he's going to get you some yards on the ground. I it's like- an interesting idea, especially in dynasty leagues where wide receivers are, are king. You know, people don't people don't hold on to developmental quarterbacks in dynasty. They don't value them really in any kind of way, like the way that they probably really should. I think it's an interesting idea. Do you think that Paxton Lynch could be? Maybe I'll pull up the trade. Um, the trade database that they have on um, on uh, oh man, I want to give the site credit who who does it on Dynasty League Football and see if there's any recent trades involving Paxton Lynch because it just seems like you would be able to get him for maybe even your fourth round pick. Yeah, it feels like out of sight, out of mind. And I mean, I'll tell you, I'd rather have him than so, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I think. All right, so here's what we got. We got in a. In a, I'd rather have him than Deshaun Kaiser. A, a, a 2018-4, a 2017-3, a 2017-3, a 2017-5, straight up for Delaney Walker. Yeah, you can get good value on him. I'd say if you're at the point in your draft where you're staring down the barrel of Patrick Mahomes, Josh Dobbs, Deshaun Kaiser. A bunch of 2018-4s for Paxton Lynch. That's These nothing. are smart players. This is Young Guns who... Uh, who, who, or no, no, no. It was it was Lil, Lil, Lil Lebowski Urban Achievers who traded for him in two separate leagues. So he's on to something. We also have this guy Money Man in the FDSB Dynasty League who traded uh, a 2018-4 for Paxton Lynch from the Angry Groper Brewhounds. I think I think it's an inter- <laughs> I think it's an interesting move. Definitely. Yep. Uh, also notice Jeremy McNichols is relatively low in dynasty rookie draft ADPs right now. Another, do you even like him really? I do. At, at, at his ADP, I certainly do. Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm not thrilled to click his name in my drafts, but his ADP, I might like it. He's a pretty solid player at Boise State, and I don't know that Doug Martin has promised a huge future, a long-term future. Uh, uh, there in Tampa Bay, I think it's a gamble, a risk that you can take. Now, last but not least here, how cool is Coach Del Rio for the Beast Mode video he posted last night? I saw it. I saw that you tweeted that out. He's the coolest, man. You just think he, do you think he knows he's getting Raider Nation a little bit sick when he kind of posts, when he kind of posts that stuff? Well, I love Jack Del Rio. He's, he, 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 I like the way he, know, he recognizes that using social media is valuable. He definitely engages that. He's a badass fly fisherman who goes on all kinds of awesome trips around the world. What was the what would tell, tell the listeners the story about the the roster watch story about Jack Del Rio at the Senior Bowl? Well, he was um, it was our first Senior Bowl, right? So like we didn't know how to do a goddamn thing, and it was like 20, 20 I think it's twenty twelve. After right, it was right after the twenty roster watch started in twenty eleven, so it was right after the twenty eleven season, and we go to the Senior Bowl. And it's like our first year. We're walking around like dunces. We don't know a single thing about how to 
you know, secure information from scouts. I remember we got information from this one scout and we immediately like went and wrote a post on roster watch saying his name, his title, the whole information dump of all this fucking information he had given us. And he even got back to us. He's like, what the fuck, man? Like, you're not like, we, I thought you guys knew this. You're at the senior ball. I thought you knew the shit. Like, you don't fucking, you can't put that up. I'm going to get fired. You know, you got to take it down. We we actually ended up making good friends with that guy. He's been, he's been actually a real mentor to us in a lot of our processes. But um, yeah, like so we didn't we didn't we didn't know. And at that point in time, Jack Del Rio was still on. He was unemployed. He had been recently fired as the head coach of the. Jaguars. Well, people go to the Senior Bowl to look for a job, and that's what you do at the Senior Bowl. It's the biggest annual convention of the NFL. So if you're looking for a job, it's like what you do is you go to the Senior Bowl. You act like you're still in the game. You go around. You talk to people. You, I mean, it's a great place to network. Not only if you're in the NFL, like, like on the actual NFL side. Honestly, if you're on our side, like in the media. You know, when you were unemployed and needing a job, you would go, want to go to the Senior Bowl and network with all the different media organizations and everybody who were there, you know, let them know you're still in the game. So anyway, he was down at the hotel bar of this place we used to stay, this shithole hotel, the Admiral Sims, which we don't stay at anymore. Because the shower pan would always leak. It's just got to be where it wasn't worth it, you know, but... um. So he's down there in this old dingy, the bar's all different now. It's all bright and, and well lit, but it used to be real dark. And I think they even had carpet on the ground and cigarette smoking in there. And like, I see Jack Del Rio there sitting with uh, DeMaurice uh, Smith. The, is he still currently the head of the NFLPA or used to be the head of the NFLPA? As far NFLPA? as I know. Yeah. And he was there talking with him and I walked up to him and I was like, hey man, hey Coach Del Rio, like we're big fans down in down in Texas years, can we get a station ID for our radio station? Can you just say like, hey, this is Jack Del Rio and you're listening to Roster Watch on 104.9 FM, like ESPN Austin or something like that. He just looks at me like, what the, you know? He goes, at a bar? I go, oh, I didn't, I, I didn't, I, I didn't mean to put you out, man. It's just, it's just something real quick to say. He's like, what you, what you just want me to say? And I said, you know, I, I, I could just see how tilted he was. And I was like, I was like, all right, man, like, my bad. I just, you know, we, we have a lot of, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of fans of yours down at, down in Texas, you know, used to play for the Vikings. There's a huge Swedish, huge Swedish community, especially where I come from in central Texas that all loves the Vikings, but no big deal. I didn't mean to, you know, you guys have a nice night. And he's like, he grabbed me. He's like, Get back over here. What the here? Write it down on this bar napkin. To, you know, he. I wrote it down on the bar napkin. What he wanted to. What I wanted him to say, and he, he said it into my phone grudgingly. So. Well, we love Coach Del Rio. He's done a great job in Oakland, and he's a really, really nice guy. He's kind of starting to fall into the Jason, uh, Garrett side of things. But let's not gloss over this. That I think the most cockamamie part of that whole exchange was Alex telling him that he, there was a huge Swedish population. Somewhere here in Central Texas that are that are huge Vikings fans, is that fabricated? Oh no, man! You know I'm you know I'm half Swedish, and, well, and my whole family is from out there in New Sweden, which is just between Austin and Elgin, and it's this huge like Swedish settlement. It's all a bunch of Swedes. They all talk like Swedes, and have all the cultures. There's a New Sweden Lutheran church where they all gather, and they are all huge fucking Vikings fans. Giant. Do they eat that real weird fish concoction? Oh, dude, there's a couple of, yes, there's a bunch of really weird kind of pickledy fish that are, 
yeah, I, I can't remember the name of it, but I, I, I had an aunt who, you know, like my, my grandfather that was really, you know, really Swedish, you know, like he, he actually came over, you know, with his parents. My grandmother, she had been here for a, at least a generation when they met, even though she was kind of Swedish bloodlines. And so her, her brothers and sisters were all a little bit more American than my grandfather's brothers and sisters were, if that makes sense, because they came, they were first generation as opposed to second generation. And so uh, those guys, those aunts and uncles who were like brothers and sisters of my grandfather that were the first generation ones, they were the ones that had those funky fucking nasty fish. They had all the weird, like, everything is like covered in this gelatin, you know what I mean? And they kind of eat the they kind of eat the gelatin and the fish. Even the desserts, like a bunch of their stuff, kind of looks alike. None of it's any good, dude. You a lot of fish. Not one of the finer cuisines from around the oh, world. Oh Jesus, no. Hardly qualifies as cuisine. No, a bunch of socialists. What do you think? Should we dedicate the rest of this podcast to the trash man at our own risk? I hate the fucking trash man's his, uh, his latest. What is this latest thing? Let's go over to zero to heroes in the AFC and the NFC oh, and see where that takes us. That, yeah, if we want to talk about that, I thought you were talking about dedicating it to the trash man's latest scandal. To, I forgot even what it was. Literally wanted to launch a one-time Kickstarter money grab aimed at Roster Watch Nation for just a quick five or six thousand dollars to get him through the summer, and I said, "Trash man, <laughs> I just hate that." He says, well, a lot of people are doing it. <laughs> hey, he can do it. Hey, just have him do it on his I own. I said, look, yep. come to me with big ideas that are sustainable, yep. please. Yep. Uh, first, I've just gotten an email here from our webmaster. Uh, the updated version of the Dynasty Rookie Draft Cheat Sheet V1.3 has just gone live at rosterwatch.com uh, for our pro subscribers. Oh, well, and another email we got yesterday from... Our folks, the good folks at SiriusXM, it looks like our new equipment is being shipped. It might show up today. So sooner, sooner rather than later, we will be back on those airwaves. Stay tuned to our Twitter, at RosterWatch, to uh, get full details as to when we are back on and what our expanded schedule will be uh, for whenever the season hits. Because they don't really change the format there at the station from baseball heavy to football heavy until after the MLB All-Star break. I've had the good fortune recently of speaking and corresponding with a couple members of Roster Watch Nation via the comment section of the website, uh, via email, and actually a couple of them have gotten me directly on my cell phone. Really? But I just it's, it's time just to say how much we really, really appreciate you guys, and y'all are such a cool crew, and we appreciate all the loyal support um, that you've provided us, and you are the ones that make this possible. All right, Trashman, zero to hero in the AFC version. Trashman says these are AFC players who will become weekly contributors in 2017. Jesus Christ, I'm seeing the first name on this list. Hold your nose. I'm already, I'm already uh, wondering if we should have even done. I'm, I'm having second thoughts here. I, I, I've, I've had second thoughts the whole time. Wide receiver, Buffalo Bills. Corey Brown. He says Brown has existed in relative obscurity during his th pre three previous seasons. Which he will league. remain in. Let's not even talk about this. Let's not even give him... I'm serious. Can you believe that? I just can't even believe that I even put it up. Now the third wide receiver in Buffalo, Davis has a real chance to make a name for himself as Sammy Watkins 
and Zay Jones are susceptible to injury. Now the third wide receiver, Davis. So that was another one that I just didn't catch because I'm I'm I've just started reading about Corey Brown. Oh, uh, you probably searched for Corey and made some edits. Oh, Let's move forward it. here. The, hey, the trash man is trash. That name didn't come from nowhere. Mike Gillisley, we've told you at length the trash man would be beating the Mike Gillisley uh, drum this year. I agree. He's zero to hero. For me personally, he is the running back that I want to own in the New England backfield. Uh, despite of the despite the reports that have come out recently that uh, James White is just one of Bill Belichick's favorite and has earned so much trust and respect from um, he and Tom Brady. And I think most people feel uh, – that James White is the guy with the most, kind of a lot like what we've said about C.J. Procise this offseason, that he's the one with the clearest role uh, in the offense, in the scheme, every week of the season. However, at two hundred, nearly 220 pounds, and a guy I personally liked much more at the Senior Bowl than James White, Mike Gillisley uh, is the guy I want to own. He's the guy the trash man wants to own. This, as is not even the, this isn't even the same article that I had to edit for the Corey Davis stuff. This is a different article. I told you, he says he wants to do the podcast so he can start keeping up to date with things. This is garbage. It's pathetic. His ideas might still be good. You know, the trash man in many ways, he's kind of the Ben Carson of Roster Watch, the Ben Carson of Roster Watch Nation. Actually, Ben Carson was a cult hero in the Seventh-day Adventist uh, community that well, he, grew, he grew up in here, and it's just a lot of nebulous ideas with the occasional stroke of genius, but 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 really not too much follow through with uh, you know um, actionable you know plans and steps. At least if you, at least if you, I don't I'm I don't know you know I know that um, Doctor Ben Carson has just done a ton in the field of what neurosurgery, correct? But as far as the way that he runs a presidential campaign, the way that he, uh, the way that he utilizes his resources to go out and try and you know win something or have a good plan to make something happen, I just see him more as a thinker, a little less of a doer. A uh, very soft spoken and boy, Ben Carson's the neurosurgeon. It's the trash man's dad who's who the, was the doctor. Yes. Let's not get things confused right. around here. Uh, the trash man says Bilal Powell will go from zero to hero this year. He, he was never a zero for me. Oh, well, I mean, we've discussed that um, backfield situation over the last uh, a couple of podcasts ago. I want to say it was podcast number 25. I just edited that garbage Corey, Corey, that garbage Corey Brown uh, piece there. I'm with you guys on Bilal Powell, but I still – if if Matt Forte's ADP is still significantly later, which was like – what was it? Something insane. It was, 70 picks later. Yeah, that's something to keep I want eye Forte on. if that's the case. As far as value-based drafting in our redraft leagues are concerned, uh, the trash man's with us on Brashad Perriman, and then a couple of tight ends here. He's with us on Brashad Perriman, meaning that he's bullish. He's bullish on Brashad Perriman as zero to hero, and and the trash man is a guy who's been Very, a real devil's advocate on yeah. this Brashad Perriman thing. So we at Rosterwatch like when the sun and the moon and the stars align for a, some kind of mega eclipse. And anytime you have the trash man in agreement with anything rational, it represents an eclipse of the highest order that we need to pay attention to. A couple of tight ends here. I think we're on board with both of these. The trash man loves Jared Cook in Oakland this year. I'm glad because I, 
I and now I know a lot of Roster Watch Nation, I'm sure, simply because of the uh, the nature of the MFL 10 sheet sheet, you're going to have pretty good exposure to him as they're tied into, which I love. I think yeah. it's great. We've been talking about that for a while. Guys like uh, he and, oh, I mean, Martellus Bennett will probably probably go his, higher than because his, his ADP is 185. His, his ADP is 30 spots behind CJ Fedorowicz. Yeah, it's a good, it's a really, really good high upside flyer. You know, I wonder if you have to be realistic and say, regardless of the offense, is Jared Cook just what he is at this point? Well, I mean, look at what he did at the end of last season. Yeah, no, he had, he had some good games. It was just the end of this season. Target hog. I won't be surprised if you look at this and say this was a fantastic move for the Raiders offense, but it didn't ultimately result in, in Jared, Jared Cook, Cook being, being a, fantasy, a star. fantasy dynamo. Won't be shocked. You don't have certainly to, you don't have to be a fantasy dynamo to be a top uh, to be a top twelve tight end or to be return on value for some late round flyer. One eighty five is the ADP. We like it. Thirty, you know, you know, a little under thirty picks after CJ Fedorowicz. I mean, he's going after Cameron Brait. The trash man says if you combine the tight end totals in two thousand sixteen in Indianapolis, it would have been for a thousand yard, eleven touchdown monster. He says, Jack Doyle. while that seems unlikely and a little bit bullish for Jack Doyle, he says it's circumstantial, and this is something we've got to think long and hard about when we're rummaging through the garbage in our drafts. Jack Doyle, do you have an ADP on him? Yeah, of course. Uh, ADP right now, my fantasy league is 130. If you in a vacuum, do you take Jack Doyle or do you take Thomas Rawls or do you take Marvin Jones? I think I'll take Jack Doyle. ADP would ADP would dictate that you take him above Rawls, but not certainly not above Jones. How about this? In a vacuum, Jack Doyle or John Ross? Oh, that's the kind of vacuum that I like to go nuclear in. That's John Ross. <laughs> how about how about Jack Doyle or Jonathan Stewart? That's about it, right? Yeah, that's close. I mean, really, really, really in Redra and MFL 10, I think maybe you have to go Doyle over John Ross. All right, Matt Forte, Jack Doyle. Probably take Forte and see what I can work out at, at tight end somewhere else. Alvin Kamara. Doyle all day. One more. And there could be some news about him. One, Mr. Jamal Charles from Port Arthur, Texas. I'll take I'll take my chances on on Jay Charles there. It's close. That's how much we like Jack I'm Doyle. I'm going to move Jack Doyle up a little bit in the MFL 10 cheat sheet. I think he needs to be. He needs to be somebody that we're getting a little bit more exposure to. Absolutely. Shall we dive into the trash man's NFC dumpster? Yeah, hopefully there aren't any. Hopefully there aren't any uh, as, as, as many editorial errors in this one, because that ultimately that falls on me. Kendall Wright, Chicago Bears. Jesus, I should have just deleted it from the beginning. He says that he gets a new lease on life in Chicago. What do you think? It's a, it's an interesting idea with Kevin White. You know my concerns about Kevin White. No, is Cameron Meredith? What the hell is Cameron is Meredith? My, are all my original concerns about Kevin White coming home to roost that he's a that he personally he's a turd? I mean, that's it. Feels like when these good players don't materialize, it's something the way they're wired more than it is anything else. You know, he's had the injuries. 
You know, that's but here's the thing. Injuries can derail a young player for good. They can get him they 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 can get him in their head. It's the head. It's confidence. It's like anything else. I mean, you've been if you ever played baseball, I mean, just you you get in a slump at the in the box. I mean, that's all that's all mental. 100% mental. You don't have confidence you're not hitting the baseball. You know right. what I mean? I'm looking at this sitting here saying Cameron Meredith, Kevin White, Daniel Braverman, sleeper in Dynasty from last year, Deontay Thompson, Kendall Wright. Kendall Wright might be the best NFL receiver, most accomplished NFL receiver on that roster. Well, certainly comes with the most. I'm not, he, no, I guess Kevin White comes with the same amount of pedigree. I kind of like the idea of Mike Glennon to Kendall Wright in the slot. <laughs> I can see that a little bit. This sounds trashy to me. <laughs> Well, what do you think? I mean, is he is he even being drafted in MFL tents? What kind? What is he worthy of in redraft? I I mean, I'm not interested in him. I'm not even sure he's. On, I don't think he's even in, on the MFL ten sheet sheet. Marcus Wheaton is the lowest Chicago guy that I have on there at the slot. And then they got Ruben Randall. They got Victor Cruz. It's a muddled situation right now. I'm not interested. I'm not even sure Marcus Wheaton really belongs on the sheet. I like Kendall Wright more than I like Marcus Wheaton. I'm just gonna take Wheaton off, but I'm I'm not gonna add I'm not gonna add Kendall Wright yet, just just yet. I don't think he belongs. Bears training camp is one we're on the fence about uh, this summer. We'll see if we can get out there. Alex and I have talked at length about uh, what's going on with Amir Abdullah in Detroit. All the bullets that he's dodged this offseason has very much mirrored what's occurred in New York with Paul Perkins. Their ADPs are have um, started to come very, very close to each other. Of course, the trash man, the – what is it that we always say he is? He's not a devil's a dis- advocate. A, a disgusting contrarian. Oh, he's a contrarian. Yeah. God damn him. He <laughs> loves Theo Riddick as zero to hero. I'm not sure it's he's a, not zero. a zero. He was hurt. What do you think about Riddick? Is that the sneaky play behind instead of Abdullah? I don't think he's that sneaky. I mean, Theo Riddick has a higher ADP than Paul Perkins, so I'm not – you think this is trash? Yes. Maybe we do need to get him on the podcast because he needs to, he needs he needs to, to explain himself. He's going to step it up here in the offseason. What about Jamal Charles? Let's finish this list. I don't see him on there. The trash man likes Adam Thielen in Minnesota. I think we've talked about that. I love Thielen. At ADP, we really like Thielen. I think we have to like him more than – we said we still have to like him more than Michael Floyd. Still like him more than Laquan Treadwell. I mean, Diggs is probably the guy that I want to own, and Kyle Rudolph was certainly a sneaky, sneaky tight end option all last year. Here's what uh, I, I'm tired of this trash man bullshit. Here, here's some new news coming in. More, more Jay Ajay fuel to the fire. Offensive coordinator Clyde Christensen says Jay Ajay is the most improved player on the team this off season. He's got a JHI's got a ton of buzz. It's almost like it feels like it's a bubble, like a hype bubble that's getting ready to burst. Uh, at this point, do we like how much do we like JHI at this point? That's I texted all. you. I mean, did like is it to the point where we consider him instead of Shady McCoy? Yeah, absolutely. Devontae? I can't pull that trigger. But what I've been saying is JHI is going to trend towards a high first round pick in standard redraft leagues this year. A high first round pick? Well, I mean, then you're going to need to take him over Shady and Devontae. I think he's going to be, yeah. I mean, it's not going to be, we were, you know, I was, it was not, he's not going to be just cracking the first round. He's going to be a legitimate, 
is ADP going to be legitimate round one this um, this August? The other thing, uh, the other thing I want to discuss with you, I like him more than Jordan Howard. You asked me that one. And that's, yes. Those are almost back to back. But why do we like him more than Jordan Howard? The answers we got at the combine. We asked Adam Gaze and John Fox the exact same question about Howard and Ajayi, and we got a much more glowing endorsement from Adam Gaze about Ajayi than we did. Uh, on Jordan Howard from uh, John Fox, and a lot of that subterfuge, and we're able to sift through it and read the tea leaves. But, hey, if we got to split a hair, I'm going to split the hair with the intelligence that we've personally run. Jay Ajay, ADP right now on MFL 10s of 18. Jordan Howard is 15. LaShawn McCoy is 10. And Devontae Freeman is 11. Uh, Jay Ajay needs to be right there with those guys, I think. I mean, and that's where we have him. It's just where where is this slotting within that group in a vacuum do you, who do you take Jay Ajay or Des Bryant Jay Ajay uh, Jay Ajay or Jordy Jay Ajay well, but you would say the same about Jordan Howard right Jordan Howard or Jordy Nelson that one's a little closer for me so it looks like in version 3.2 of the cheat sheet Jay Ajay if you, if you guys are using 3.1 in any of your slow drafts right now be on the lookout this week, probably tomorrow. That would be Wednesday if you're listening to this podcast later on in the week for Jay Ajayi to make a little bit of a move up. Yeah, I think it's just time to finally do it. I, I mean, the ADPs don't dictate it yet, but the fact of the matter is if he's being picked at this point, the, but just by the way that this sheet works, I think we're going to want him. And if we want him, we're going to have to make a move for him around like I think we're gonna have to snipe him at 2.03 2.04 and there's no and there's no way to say you know I'm just getting say a Jordan Howard over him just because of ADP reasons because there's you're not going to be able to get both exactly so if, if, if you prefer one in a vacuum so just keep an eye out for that update with Jay Ajay we'll see exactly where he falls and I think what needs to happen is that Des needs to be pulled down just a little bit. So keep an eye at your uh, keep an eye on your pro account there at Roster Watch for that new one to drop. You can find it in the same download section that you found the um, the uh, Dynasty cheat sheet that Byron just spoke about. For me, that goes Jay Ajay, Jordy Nelson, Jordan Howard, Des Bryant, and PPR. I know you want to be done with the trash man. There are a couple left here, and we'll get on with it. It's disgusting. He says, while well, everybody's talking about Chad Williams and J.J. Nelson, that with Michael Floyd gone, it Jesus. could be time to circle back on John Brown, who oh, well, could potentially mind, be healthy. I just That's actually too sneaky. Much about, it, it, it is. That's I just, sneaky. John Brown was a solid wide receiver three two years ago that we had high exposure to. We were way out in front of. He, he, he really was a huge contributor. And then last year's ADP went through the roof, and we backed all the way off of him was, uh, of course, another uh, perfectly timed move uh, by Roster Watch Nation. But, look, we like looking for value, and his value's in the gutter right now. Yeah. John Brown's a good player if he's healthy. I just worry about his health, man. You know, we had people very close, in, no, not close, inside that organization told us that that sickle cell thing was still a bit of a worry. What's his ADP? Right now, it is... Uh, 102. I mean, I don't know. It's not that low. It's not that low. And there are guys with ADPs behind him that I like better. I'm surprised. I like Brashad Pyramid at 113 better than I like John Brown at 102. Yeah, a little more beastly upside there. I'm surprised that the trash man did not put 
Pierre Garçon on here, but who we did put on here, um, unbelievably, is he thinks that quarterback San Francisco 49ers Brian Hoyer has gone from zero to hero this offseason. <laughs> I hate the trash. Is that, are, we done with, are we done with this shitty section yet? Almost. There's one that I actually think is good here, the last one. He says those familiar with the trash man's grimy style should be very familiar with his te with Ted Ginn and his boomer bust fantasy profile. He's spent many a weeks in the garbage grab and he paid off many of them as a Panther. Now under the guileful watch of Sean Gayton, Sean Payton, Ginn should even be uh, more predominant guileful. on the field in New Orleans. Is it sneaky with Brandon Cooks gone and Ted Ginn coming off a couple of good years? They've seen him in division there. To me, it's a Devery Henderson. Like it's it's going to be something where it's like every now and then there's going to be a long pass and hope, hopefully he catches it, but probably not. You don't think Michael Thomas gets double coverage? And well, who, what, we should look at that depth chart. Where the hell are we on Kobe Fleener right now? I mean, that was an unmitigated disaster. I hate Kobe Fleener. Well, I don't he's care. been coming out saying he has a much better grasp on the offense. This yeah, of, year. of course, everybody's in the best shape of their career. You like Willie Snead a lot more than a Ted Ginn? Yes. A lot more. A lot more. Well, I'll, I'll take him 100 spots ahead of Ted Ginn. Boy, I sure would like to see you in the trash man device, some kind of Jimmy John's sandwich exchange. I'm not going to make a Jimmy John's sandwich exchange with the trash man because if I win, I'll never get paid. Ourlads.com has Ted Ginn slated as the starter opposite Michael Thomas as the one and twos uh, in the receiving core, and they have Brandon Coleman and Willie Sneed uh, listed behind Well, that's wrong. Willie Sneed's going to play in this the slot. What about Jamal Charles? What about him? He says he thinks he's going to be the man for the Denver Broncos Who running game. Who said that? The trash man? No, Jamal Charles. Would you expect him to say anything else? It is, I guess it is the it is tis the season, right? And what about who is that? Is that Van, that's Vance Joseph? Yeah. He, he said he wanted to insert a little dynamite. But he also said that Jamal Charles' quadricep was really, really weak throughout most of the offseason uh, conditioning program to this point. Yeah, as we say, you know, this is the. Uh, we had the season of smoke signals during the draft. Nitpicking season. Nitpicking season. I'd say that the season we're getting into now is best shape of my career, best off-season workouts during the whole time that I've been here, positivity season from these teams because everybody's undefeated. If you guys want to know who the wide receiver one is and in a bunch of these convoluted – Receiving course corpse in the AFC. Uh, make sure and go check out the Trash Man's most recent article at rosterwatch.com where he helps sift through the garbage to figure out who the starting receiver in places like New England, Baltimore, Cleveland, Tennessee, Kansas City, San Diego, and New York will be. That you do you have anything else you want to get to? No. We're, we're not gonna get to reviews of the week. We'll do that on the second podcast this week. Yeah, let's let them keep coming in. Let's let, let them keep, keep coming, coming in. in. Go give us a five-star review on iTunes. Like we always say, Byron stays up late at night scrolling down and just hoping to refresh it and see that there's a new 
good review on there from anybody in Roster Watch Nation. As we always say, we love you guys. We consider you guys our friends, and we appreciate all the support, not only there in the comments section, but also by getting pro memberships at rosterwatch.com. That concludes episode 28 of the Roster Watch podcast, brought to you by rosterwatch.com. For Byron Lambert, my name is Alex Dunlap. We will see you next time. We'll be right back. 